You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. It's an abbreviated hour number three here at Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. We're going to take you right up to first pitch at Coors Field. Dodgers, Rockies, third of that four-game set right here on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Sam Hauser hanging out with you until then. Right around 6.30. Appreciate you hanging out, as always. Appreciate the folks there, yeah, at Skidmore's Holiday Bowl for feeding us a good time today. I mean, that's that's what we do this for in radio. We do it for the free food, and it came in clutch today. Definitely go out there and check check out that stuff, all, that, all the menu and all the good times they got over there at Skidmore's Holiday Bowl. But you heard it at the top of the hour on SportsCenter. The story of the day today, Damian Lillard gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. That is right, the Milwaukee Bucks. Not the Heat, not the Knicks, not the Nets, nobody in the Western Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks. And there are two main names. There's a lot of ancillary pieces to this trade because when it's somebody of that magnitude, like Damian Lillard, you're going to have a lot of pieces involved to make the money work, to balance everything out. That's why you get a third team involved like this with the Phoenix Suns. But the two names you need to know are Damian Lillard going from Portland to Milwaukee and DeAndre Ayton going from Phoenix to Portland. Now, I want to do these one at a time because the DeAndre Ayton one, I do actually want to spend some time on. I mean, we've we've talked so much about DeAndre Ayton and his, his dissolving relationship with the Suns over the last couple of years that he finally gets a fresh start. And I want to come back to that in a second. But even with the Damian Lillard part of this, there's a few different elements of this that I find interesting. The first one, the basketball stuff, where he fits in with Giannis, we'll have plenty of time to worry about that. And we're, I don't think we're going to be able to tell right away anyway. I do see this as one that's going to that's gonna take a little bit of time to put the pieces together because Milwaukee is going to have to do some changing to its, its identity that it's had under head coach Mike Budenholzer the last few years. This has been a defensive-oriented team. It's got them to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, just generally being one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, being a good defensive team, and then Giannis just being the Greek freak. Even by today's standards of professional athletes at the top of their game, Giannis still has and, and earns that nickname. So the rest of the pieces around him, like we don't think enough about those guys. And it's funny that I say that because I'm not going to get into all the names and all the draft picks that are involved in this trade, but we don't think enough about how those guys fit in with the likes of Damian Lillard and Giannis. And Damian Lillard doesn't play defense. Damian Lillard doesn't have to play defense because he's still one of the most prolific scorers that the NBA has, so he doesn't have to. But how he fits in now in that starting five and how they're going to fit around him and Giannis is going to take some time there. But where this is such a big win is certainly for the Bucks, but for small market teams everywhere, all the Bucks do is squash the idea that little old me can't compete with the big boys in the small market. It's not as easy because you don't have the luxury of, ah, eh, it doesn't work, we'll just print more money and sign somebody else and try again. That is the difference, but you have the Bucks that won a championship that got Giannis to stay, that extended him, now bringing in Damian Lillard. There's a lot of money now on that Milwaukee payroll. And they're showing you that if you're a smart team, 
if you can find the the little elements in the margins that other teams that have the luxury of spending, they don't really pay attention to those because they don't have to. If you can find those little competitive advantages, then you can put yourself in a position, even in a superstar-driven sport. The NBA is the last place this should be happening. Like the NFL, it's a totally different story. The NFL markets don't play nearly a factor. Really, the NBA is the one where markets play the biggest factor. So this should be the one where it's not happening. But you have two of the last three champions in the NBA being in Denver and Milwaukee. And everybody's chasing everybody's chasing Denver right now. So for Damian Lillard, it's great that he gets out of the Eastern Conference. Now he wouldn't have to worry about Denver until a presumptive NBA Finals. But everybody's chasing Denver, and it's Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. And now you, you match that with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So for everybody that says, oh, my team can't compete, we're in, we're in a small market. Well, for goodness sake, Tampa, the, the Rays and Orioles are fighting for the number one seed in the American League in the MLB postseason, and the Bucks just got the biggest superstar and got him to come there in a way that, that the Miami Heat couldn't. Not that, not that Miami is, is a big market. Relatively speaking, in the NBA, Miami's a mid-market team. But there's certainly a lot more celebrity appeal there than there is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And the Heat, for whatever reason, they're going to regret this one. I'm telling you right now, they're going to regret it. Nothing about this makes sense. This is a team that finds that balance between building up the players that, you know, building up our homegrown players, but also... Pat Riley doesn't have any more, many more of these chances left. It's why he brought in Jimmy Butler. It's why he's made some of the moves that he has. It was all there for Miami. But it's their loss and the Milwaukee Bucks gain. And Chris Carlin of ESPN Radio, you hear him, Carlin versus Joe, part of the new ESPN Radio lineup. He commended all parties involved for making it happen and sticking it to the heat. Credit everything here to the... Portland Trailblazers as well because the Miami Heat acted as if, sorry, we're not giving you anything more because we don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. Screw you. He wants to be here. You're only getting whatever we want to give, and that's Tyler Hero. And what Portland did was ride it out and get a better offer from somewhere else. Are you going to tell me that Dame is now not going to go play for Milwaukee? I am sure that they had some sort of assurance that once it was clear to Dame that he was not getting to Miami, that he was going to end up in Milwaukee and the Heat get completely hosed in this deal because of the arrogance that they had in it. The Heat are the biggest losers in all of this. Like, there's a case to be made and maybe an easy feeling like it's an obvious one for the Trailblazers, but this was always how this was going to end. One way or another, if it was... Damian Lillard just leaving, if it was him holding out, if he got traded somewhere, this was always going to be the end result. It was just a matter of where he was going to end up. And ESPN NBA Insider, you got Brian Windhorst, you got Woj, they're all over the story, and the sense was Portland wanted to get this done before training camp starts. But if you're Portland, this is not the worst-case scenario. Like, The question for the Trailblazers was always going to be, okay, if we get rid of Dame, 
how are we supposed to get anybody to care about this team? And the way that you do that is this is a this is a young, flashy, entertaining team. The Suns have a chance, or the the Trailblazers have a chance, maybe to not be in the playoffs, but they certainly have a chance in the next year or two to be in that play-in tournament, kind of in a similar spot to where Oklahoma City has put itself in the last couple of years. Like there is that room there for for Portland. And especially, you know, look, we've talked so much about the Suns. They're they're right up the road. We've been all in on the Southwest getting its attention, getting its shine in the NBA playoffs. But this has been a big story that's been hanging over Phoenix for a while now. And the best case scenario for for Phoenix was if they were going to keep DeAndre Ayton, it was this scenario that didn't necessarily feel realistic, but it was something that you try to hold on to. And, and when you're trying to find the positive that Frank Vogel was going to build a new relationship with DeAndre Ayton and just put aside everything that had happened with Monty Williams and try to get the most out of, of Ayton. But I do think this is the best scenario for him because even with, certain elements that have changed with Monty Williams gone and, and so on and so forth. This was still a team that, that actively tried to trade you and was ready to send you to, to Indiana. So even with, with the coach gone, I'm happy for DeAndre Ayton that he gets a, a fresh start and he gets to play with, you know, he gets to play with, with Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons. And I mean, Ayton at this point in his career, Ayton's a little bit older than those guys, but he's still in his mid twenties. Like he still has a chance to grow with, all these lottery picks that the that the Trailblazers have built the last couple of years, despite having Damian Lillard, because he didn't play defense and nobody else could do enough around him to score for Portland to be competitive in professional basketball games. He gets that chance now in Portland, and the Suns get a guy in Yusuf Nurkic, who's the the seven footer in Portland now. He's got to stay healthy. He he can't stay. You know, he's got to have a real problem the last three, four years of staying on the floor. So it's a situation with the Suns where you are crossing your fingers a little bit. But even on top of all the off-court drama and the it's internal with Monty Williams and Aiton not playing in the fourth quarter of, of playoff games, getting benched for Jock Landell, even with all of that. There was just something that wasn't clicking with Booker and Durant, and now Bradley Beal is coming into the mix. You need very specific kinds of guys that are going to fill out the rest of the roster with with those three, and it just wasn't seeming like Aiton's going to be that guy. You're going to get a drop-off defensively. Aiton is a better defender than Yusuf Nurkic, but he's I, I think he's going to fit better offensively, which is what matters more to the Suns more than anything right now. Frank Vogel doesn't care about defense. Frank Vogel is kind of the next generation Mike D'Antoni. Those Mike D'Antoni teams with the Houston Rockets that would you know that would uh you know win 140 to 130. That's Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel teams don't care about don't care about defense. Frank Vogel teams want to score. And yeah, as long as he is on the floor, you are to, you are rolling the dice. I mean, Bradley Beal's getting older. Bradley Beal is a volume shooter. Nurkic has to stay healthy, but if everything goes right, this is a way for the Suns to, to to stay at the level that they are when I just don't think it was going to happen. Unfortunately, as much as we wanted to see him you know, be successful there, it just was not going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. 
And on that side of things uh, with the Suns, here's ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst on Phoenix getting involved in this place and how they fit into the trade with Damian Lillard. I think that they believe they can probably get similar production out of Nurkic at a cheaper price that allows them to build out their team a little bit. I'm fascinated to see where the Suns are, but if you look at where the Suns were the day after the Bradley Beal trade, where they basically had three, three or four players on their roster and no depth, and you look at them now, they have done a remarkable job of building up their rotation. They are going to be a formidable team, even with uh, swapping out Aiton for Nurkic. And he also talked about uh, Wendy. Uh, he was on earlier today uh, uh, with doing the car wash because the straight happened. Uh, all these guys are all over the place on ESPN, on the radio side, on the television side. But Wendy really punctuating what we're going to be watching now in Milwaukee when this gets to its apex. They were already pretty much all in the Bucks. This is going all in on top of all in. They gave up uh, swap rights and draft picks down the road when Giannis may no longer be a Buck. Um, they gave up a defensive ace, the guy who was at the heart and soul of their um, of their championship a couple of years ago. But they get a player who's an absolutely dynamic offensive piece. And the concept of putting Dame Lillard next to Giannis Antetokounmpo and all of the actions that they can run and all of the challenge to cover that space in the floor because Giannis can take two steps and get from the three-point line to the basket and Lillard can <laughs> shoot to 35 feet. I'm telling you, it's as dynamic of a, of a potential duo as we could have seen. There it is. 35-footers, two strides to the basket and a dunk, and we know Giannis can shoot as well, there is, the, the sky's the limit for this team. The question that I have beyond, you know, how long it's going to take for them to click together and whether they're not going to, whether or not they're going to have the patience. I mean, that, that team has been coached out of the playoffs the last two years, and they won the championship before that against a, a, a young Suns team that, Showed that it was, I mean, I shouldn't say young. Chris Paul was on that team. But for the most part, you know, Devin Booker was a couple years younger. And just a team that wasn't ready for that moment. Giannis single-handedly went and won the last two games of that series. But Milwaukee constantly gets outcoached. You can try to build a roster that's going to be coach-proof. And that's going to be a challenge for them that I'm really curious to watch. But I certainly hope this this works out. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm all about I'm all about the little guys showing everybody that you don't have to be in New York or Los Angeles to win championships. And we got that going now with with Denver with Milwaukee. Oof! You had people whining about a Denver Miami NBA Finals. Denver and Milwaukee, buckle up! But if you don't watch it. You're going to be missing some great basketball. And, of course, Milwaukee has to get there, and Denver has to get there as well. That's the assumption where the Bucks have now become the, the betting favorite now with this addition of, of Dame teaming up with Giannis. But there's a lot, certainly, the, the bottom line is there's a lot to look forward to now in that Eastern Conference with Milwaukee staying in the mix, with Boston, with, with Philly, with Joel Embiid, with, you know, we'll see if the Heat can, can hang around. The East just got even one notch deeper, and, and not that the Bucks were going anywhere, but this just adds another layer to it now. 